Hi, and welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Mike Handley. Episode 19, Plans for 2020 and Questions and Answers. So one of the things I wanted to mention in uh, the last show is that many of us did Inktober, which happens in October every year. It's a full month of uh, inking or drawing every day. And what happened at the beginning of this year is uh, Jake Parker, who started Inktober, decided to try a weekly uh, Inktober challenge. And so that's been ongoing. I haven't done any of them yet. But, uh, you know, many of us, when we finish Inktober, have this feeling of, okay, what to do next? How do I keep uh, my art moving? And I think doing it like a weekly Inktober is a really good idea. So I would uh, recommend following Jake on uh, Instagram. He has a, a mailing list as well. And he sends out the prompt uh, every week, and people post that on Instagram as they normally do and tag it appropriately. I would recommend if you're looking for something to draw and you need that prompt, weekly Inktober is a really good idea. So the other thing I wanted to mention, and this really applies if you're in Ottawa, but maybe it'll be traveling around, I'm not sure, but there is an exhibit at the National Art Gallery of Canada, which is located in Ottawa, Ontario, called Beautiful Monsters. And uh, I haven't checked it out yet. I'm going to take a look at it. Um, so if you are in Ottawa, I think it's until the end of March. And so it's called Beautiful Monsters. It kind of focuses on monsters drawn with uh, with pencil and ink between 1450 and 1700. I'm excited. I'm going to go to this. They're actually having a little bit of a drawing session one evening with a local artist. So I'm going to go be part of that as well. So I would, I'm going to provide a link to it. You can take a look and keep an eye out for it. I assume it's going to be uh, traveling as an exhibit, and I would recommend um, maybe taking a look at it. It's always good to see some of this older work and um, how they how they dealt with perspective and composition and, and especially shading. When you come to uh, looking at things with, uh, with graphite and ink, how did they achieve the shading? How did they um, kind of conceptualize these, these monsters? So I'm looking forward to it. I'll give you an update after I've been to the show, but... Uh, it looks like uh, it looks like fun, so I'll be checking that out in the next few weeks. So, on a personal level, I've been doing uh, drawing on a fairly regular basis. I draw every day, and uh, so I finished some pieces since the last episode. I did a a Finch, which was very quick, very light graphite um, in my sketchbook that I've been using, and I'll be talking about my art kit a little bit later. I uh, also did an Otter. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I just I felt like I needed to. Uh, to draw something that wasn't a bird, so I chose an otter, and I think he turned out fairly well. Once again, just I'm not spending a whole lot of time on these. I'm just really just playing around with my my pencils uh, at lunch or in the evenings um, because I really don't have a whack of time to do this kind of stuff. I do have some extra time on the weekends, but it's a matter of just getting in and getting the pencil on paper and drawing some of these objects and just keeping my uh, keeping things moving forward. So. So the other one I did was a uh, a couple of mergansers, and now this is based off a photo I took from uh, we have mergansers that come every year to our pond and nest. I've created some duck boxes, and and they go up and they nest in these boxes. And so this is a couple of uh, of uh, mergansers, and I wanted to do this one just because it had a reflection. And the reflection I did, I'm happy with. It's not perfect. I'm not going to point out why, <laughs> but uh, I'll provide a link to it. It was uh, it was an interesting exercise to be able to do that. I'm always looking for little challenges. They may not be big, but, you know, a different kind of hair, a different kind of composition. And in this case, it was the idea of a reflection. And not just a reflection of mountains or sky, but the reflection of an animal and trying to manage that. And so I learned quite a bit from it. I think the biggest thing is that you, even with the reflection, you get caught up in the details. But sometimes you forget the composition, you forget the angle of things. 
And so, you know, it's always important to make sure, especially with a reflection, that you get those uh, vertical and horizontal lines just right. And obviously the details uh, aren't as critical because you've got the water movement, which may be calm. In this case, it was quite calm. Uh, but that it may end up throwing a bit of a wave through the whole um, through the whole reflection. So in my case, I'll just say it: I, one of the uh, the reflections of the beaks is not quite consistent with what happened above uh, or what the actual beak angle is. But you know what? I, it was an, a fun exercise. I didn't spend a whack of time on it, but it was uh, it was good. So uh, you can check that out. The other one I did was a wasp. And once again, I was really focused on getting the wasp right, trying to understand the light, uh, playing a little bit more with light on that one. And then when it came to what it was sitting on, which was a hummingbird feeder, I kind of went through that really, really quick just to kind of give it something to sit on. I think in retrospect, I probably would place it on something else in future. I was trying to use the reference photo that I had taken a little bit too strictly, and I think that I need to pull my uh, my objects, the the animals I'm drawing, outside of that uh, more often. I've done that in the past, but I think I'm going to do a little bit more of that so that the composition is more pleasing. So the other thing I did was a uh, as part of We Draw Wednesdays, and you'll remember back on a previous episode, uh, I had uh, Tiff Arment on. I think it was episode 15. And we talked about uh, We Draw Wednesdays, with the, which is this initiative she has and, you know, kind of getting people to draw on a Wednesday. And rather than just using your own prompt, uh, you can ask others for prompts. And so I did that. And I decided to do it digitally this time. And so I used a combination of three prompts I received, which is what I did before as well. Uh, and that is the prompt foliage, self-portrait, and iguana. So I didn't really want to do a self-portrait. I've kind of been, a few people have asked me, I think the same person's even asked me a couple of times, and I think they just wanted to see what I could, what I would do. And so I decided to do it this time, and uh, it was all done in Procreate. I used the uh, Max Pack uh, watercolor brushes that just came out for Procreate 5. They were great to use. It was a good experience. I haven't done a whole lot of digital drawing lately. So this was a good opportunity for me to get back in and, and, and do some more of that. So what I did is I did a self-portrait of myself, and I wrapped my face in tiny leaves. I tried to throw some shading in there as well, obviously with a uh, kind of a jungle background, and then I threw an iguana on my head. And it was a good exercise. It really pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And so this idea of doing a self-portrait for me is, is a bit of a, a block for me. I, I, I'm going to try maybe another one in the future, but tend not to draw people, and I especially don't like drawing myself. I mean, I think the first digital drawing I did was actually my eye, but um, <laughs> I haven't drawn myself, and so this was my the closest I've gotten to actually doing a self-portrait, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. Uh, somebody uh, in one of the uh, social media kind of streams I posted in suggested it, was, it looks similar to a, um, a, uh, an artist from Mexico. And some of the work that she had done, and I can't recall her name offhand. Um, I think it's Fridia, and I don't remember the last name, but I'll provide a link to her uh, Wikipedia entry. And I, I looked at the piece, and it's like I can understand where they see the similarity. I think her work is fantastic. I, I was quite impressed with the the image they were referencing. It was, I think, it's one of those opportunities. I think that if you're not, and I, I think this is what I've learned in the last couple of weeks, is if you're not pushing yourself with that next drawing, maybe you should be. And uh, it could be small things. It could be reflections. It could be doing something really new in using prompts that aren't yours or doing something you feared like a self-portrait. 
I really think that uh, we need to push ourselves a little bit with some of that. It still comes down to kind of finding your own voice and, and your own style and that kind of thing. But I think it's okay to push yourself and try new things. I mean, you could even move outside of art and do pottery and things like that as well that are creative. But I think that uh, I want to do I want to do more art overall. But I think I want to challenge myself with some of this stuff and get outside of my comfort zone, try some new things. I'm going to do more watercolor, which I haven't done a lot of, and I've done a few watercolor pieces, but I haven't really posted them. I think I'm going to do some more of that uh, because that, once again, at this point, is still outside of my comfort zone. So I'm looking forward to exploring that. The other one I just did today was just a. Uh, we had some snow fall. Uh, here overnight and it was just beautiful in the trees just hanging it was very thick snow so it tends to sit on the branches so I just did a quick sketch at my uh, back window of um, some of the trees with the snow and I thought this idea of trying to show snow in the trees with my small little pencil and it's a really tiny drawing it's probably uh, it's not really finished I'm not sure if I will finish it but it's maybe I don't know like two to three inches square and I was just trying to capture that sense of snow that sense of weight and uh, trying to offset kind of the depth of the trees. Anyways, I'll post a link in the show notes so you can take a look at it. But it was really, once again, just a quick sketch, sitting with a coffee on a Sunday morning. Um, you know, sometimes the we don't have to go far to find that inspiration. Maybe it's just right outside our window. So the other thing I did recently is I went out and um, yesterday and bought some new uh, journals. So the journal I'm using right now is a moleskin uh, drawing journal. It's a hardcover. It's almost like a hot press paper, so it doesn't really have a lot of texture to it. It's a little bit, I'm going to say, uh, kind of a creamy white color. It's not really bright white. And I like it. It's great. But I've heard a lot of great things about the Pentallic uh, Aqua Journals. So I found a place locally, and I went and bought two, two different sizes. And I just love these. They feel so great. I haven't put actually watercolor on them yet, but um, they feel fantastic. They open up really nicely. So there's, I think... I think it's 48 page, uh, pages. I may be wrong. It may be 60, but I think I think it's 48. Anyways, when you open it up, it lies really flat, which is going to be great for using on my my James Gurney um, uh, easel that I have. So I'm looking forward to drying out those two uh, Pentallic Aqua journals, and I'll for sure talk about it in this uh, in this podcast when I have a chance to do that. And the other thing I um, that they have at the store is the Robert Bateman sketchbooks. And so Robert Bateman is uh, a bit of a a famous uh, Canadian artist. And uh, so he's had these sketchbooks out, and I'm going to say for maybe for 10 years. And so I think I've gone through about three or four of these. So I haven't seen these Robert Bateman sketchbooks in stores very often. So I saw them in the store and I was like, oh man, I, I forgot how much I love these books. The paper is beautiful white. Um, it's nice and thick. It will take a little bit of watercolor. But if you're doing any kind of graphite or charcoal work, um, especially graphite pencil, it is... The, the books are fantastic. And so I'll provide a link directly to uh, Robert Bateman's uh, site if you can't find it in the store. They come in a variety of sizes, but honestly, it is the best paper for um, for pencil work. It is the best paper I've ever used. And so I'd recommend just, they're spiral bound, but the paper is just fantastic. So please check them out if you're into uh, doing any kind of pencil work. And if you're looking for something that's spiral bound, these are uh, great books, great paper. Love this paper. I haven't found anything equal to this 
The closest I found is some of the uh, Bristol stuff. Honestly, this uh, the Robert Bateman uh, sketchbooks are fantastic. So the other book that I ordered uh, that I received is Imaginative Realism. You'll uh, remember back to uh, episode 18 with James Gurney, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Such a great man to speak to. So in that episode, we talked about um, his work and his books. And one of them that I didn't have was Imaginative Realism. So I just received that book. I flipped through it. I haven't had a chance to, to work with it yet. But I am looking forward to uh, to using that book to uh, to do some imaginative realism so building these characters and um i'm i'm excited i mean there is uh i i took a look through and to be able to see some of the stuff he's posted in there and some of the the approaches he's he's done and taken to things i'm uh, excited to try it out so i may be producing some really weird <laughs> uh characters over the next uh few months so we'll see what happens with that but i'm so excited to have received that book uh, it's it's beautiful same as the uh, the color and light book that uh, james gurney uh produced as well so i wanted to talk about my uh my plans for 2020 just to kind of give you a bit of an outlook with regard to the podcast so I've had a few people ask me, how long am I going to do this? So I promised myself when I started this, I would do it for a year at least. And so that'll be in May. So I'm going to uh, at least run the podcast until May. I hope to run it longer. So I don't have any plans to quit, but I just wanted to be upfront with you as the listener to let you know that that is what I've committed to. And we'll see how it goes uh, beyond that, but I'll be doing it at least for a year. And uh, I really do love doing this. I love uh, sharing this information being in contact with you, and being able to bring these wonderful artists onto the show to talk about their journey and their skills and what they've learned and what they can impart to you as a matter of knowledge. So I'm really enjoying this this journey that I'm on, and I'm so glad you're here to listen to it. So I do have some really exciting guests coming up, so I'm uh, pretty stoked about that. It's always a challenge with timing, but I think the next uh, few months are going to be really exciting. I've had such positive input and interest, and I think you're really going to uh, to enjoy what's coming up. So um, please subscribe if you haven't. I think you're really going to uh, get a kick out of some of the people that are coming onto the show. And whether you are drawing or painting now or you're thinking about it, these guests will inspire you without a doubt. So uh, please uh, stick around. So the other thing I've, I've considered is uh, right now, when it comes to the podcast and the costs associated with it, I'm paying that all myself. Uh, I have no revenue stream, <laughs> so I am looking at options. So I don't really want to damage the listener experience. I don't want to harm that in any way. So I am looking at ways to to uh, at least cover the, the cost of the podcast. And so I'm investigating a few options there, but it's not going to impact uh, how you listen to the show and what you hear. So I'm... Uh, I'm just being upfront with you as a matter of uh, what I'm doing and, and how I'm doing it to say this is, um, I, I love doing this. And so the fact that I'm paying for it is, it's fine. But uh, if I can somehow recover some of that cost, I will, I will look at doing that. And yeah, I want to make sure that you still uh, love listening to the show. So one of the things I will do is I am working on some merchandise, some things like stickers, and I'm looking at a few other ideas. But uh, I'm going to uh, be producing some of these, and I'll make them available through the website, and I'll let you know when they're there. But I've had uh, a few requests for a few things. <laughs> uh, people have asked for hats and t-shirts and things like that, but I think I'm going to start with stickers first. And we'll, I'll throw those up on the site, and if you know when I'm at events and that, I'll, I'll have them with me. So if I happen to see you, I can give you out a sticker as well. So uh, looking forward to producing a bit of merchandise around this and just kind of following with this plan of getting people uh, excited about art and exploring it. So personally, with my art, I am looking at uh, putting together my first series of uh, prints. 
I'm looking at probably two or three sets of prints that I'm going to put up at the same time. I'm going to uh, make those available. I'm, I'm probably going to do a little bit more in the future, but I'm trying to keep my plans fairly modest. And I'm going to be doing a lot more um, travel slash nature journaling. So a lot more of that. Uh, obviously, as it gets warmer, I'll be doing even more, but I'm going to try and do it through the winter as well. In addition to doing some more uh, plein air and um, uh, drawing and painting as well. I can do that in my vehicle, which is great, but I like to be able to get outside and do some of this. So I'm going to be exploring more of that. And I, I post all my work. Uh, some of it, as I say, isn't. It's done quick. It's not great, but I wanted to be able to share it. And people really love the process stuff. So I like to, if something's a bit more complicated or more challenging, I'll post two or three images of the same drawing just so you can see where I'm coming from. And if you are following me on Instagram, which is where I post most of the material, please ask a question or provide a comment or whatever the case. I'm open to uh, to criticism and to questions. And so I encourage that. That's how we all learn. And you've been so kind and kind of supporting me through this. So I'm planning on getting out and meeting more artists at events, meetups, things like that, just talking about what people are doing and how they're doing it. And it's really an opportunity for me to talk about my style, what I'm exploring, learn about others. And this is, I think, how we become better, right, is to understand how people do what they do, what inspires them, what they see, and uh, how they interpret it. And so I'm really, you know, I've learned a lot over the last year in connecting with other artists, especially in my area, but through the podcast as well. And I think I've learned so much from that that I do want to pursue it a little bit more. So I'm going to try doing it, obviously, with guests on the show, but uh, doing it with more local events here as well. So uh, I think that's what I'm going to be doing with regard to trying to improve my art. And I'm also going to be looking at video more closely. I keep talking about video, and uh, video takes a lot of production. I do quite a bit of video work related to other things, and so I know what's involved with all of that, and I am going to try and do more of that around my art specifically. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I will share it as soon as I have something available, but uh, I am going to be exploring that. I'm not sure if it'll be a YouTube channel as much as maybe some Instagram TV uh, work more so first, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But People seem to really enjoy it, and so I'm going to take that uh, step and try to do a few videos over the uh, over the next few months. So I thought, you know, my reason for doing the, the questions and answers for this episode was because I was getting a lot of them, and I thought it would be good to go ahead and go through some of them. I thought there would be some value in people hearing what my answers would be around it, so... So my first question is from uh, Matt. I think it was from Matt. Uh, Do you have a studio in your car? (laughs) And so I don't know if he meant for the podcast as as in a recording studio or an art studio. So back in, uh, I think it was episode 17 with Captain Tom, we recorded the whole episode in my truck. And so he's local to where I am. And so it made sense to leverage that and be able to park somewhere, record the podcast as well as sketch and paint at the same time. I thought the audio was great, so I think I probably will do that again if I end up with a local guest. I would uh, definitely explore doing it in the truck, because uh, it is a, um, it's fairly well kind of insulated with regard to sound, and it's, you know, we can place ourselves in a different environment, and so I, I may do that. I thought about doing this episode in the, in the truck, but it's just a bit too cold. I uh, I went with my old home studio. <laughs> so uh, with regard to the podcast, I, I may do it again, but it's nothing I'm planning. So that was fun. Uh, if you mean with regard to art studio, I do plan on doing a lot more in both the vehicles that we have. So I have that easel that I can attach to my steering wheel. And so my intent is to go out to locations where 
I can mount it to my steering wheel and either ink or draw or paint and just do it from the comfort of my own vehicle. So I am planning on doing that. And so with regard to an art studio, that will be my mobile one. And uh, so I will be doing a lot more of that in the future. So I had another question about uh, which water-soluble graphite do I use or have I tried? And I've only tried one once, and I don't recall the brand. So I, I don't use water-soluble graphite. I probably will explore it again in the future, but just so you know, you know, graphite, normally when you use it, it's not water-soluble. It is, uh, interaction with water is problematic. There is a type that is, you would draw almost like a charcoal. It's, it's a little bit rougher than, a, I think, a normal graphite, but you would apply it like you would a pencil or charcoal. And then you would apply water with a brush. And so similar to, it's kind of a mix between drawing and painting, like with watercolor or with ink. And so you would draw and then you apply uh, some water to it and you kind of drag that graphite around and you apply it in layers. Uh, it's a bit problematic because you, um, you can't really remove it unless you kind of, when it's wet, you pull it off with a, a Q-tip or a paper towel. And uh, so it appears almost like an ink wash uh, when you use it. And you would, you know, want to ensure that you've got a really good paper for that or using a, a block of paper because it will, you know, because you're using water. If you use a typical, like I talked about the Bateman paper earlier, that's probably decent. I think it's 140 GSM, but you probably want to get somewhere around two to 300 to really take that water. And I do plan to play with it and play with it on different uh, types of paper, but I just, I haven't. Uh, I tend to be focused on more of the dry version of the graphite. So I appreciate the question and uh, it makes me think I need to explore it. So I will do that and I'll get back to you what, uh, as to what brand or what type I like. But if you have a favorite one, please let me know and I will definitely try and explore that myself. So another question I had is, what is the most creative thing you've done recently? You know, I'm going to have to go with that self-portrait I mentioned earlier. And I just say that because it is, it really challenged me to think outside of my box, outside of my comfort level, to try and bring, because I, I tend to do a lot of realism. And so trying to draw something, trying to draw myself in a way that wasn't myself, because uh, I'm just not comfortable drawing myself, uh, trying to do it in this different style. And I don't know where it came from. But I would say for sure it was the most creative thing I've done. It it was almost when I posted it, I was thinking oh, that was I should I I'm going to take it down. I'm not I'm not happy sharing this. Um, and I, I don't think it's my best work, but it really shows. Um, you know, if you look at my Instagram feed, you will see that this is very different from everything else I've done. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with taking that chance. Uh, I say that now. <laughs> Once again, as soon as I posted it, within 24 hours, I kept thinking, I'm going to take it down. I'm going to take it down. I'm not happy with it. I'm going to take it down. And I just left it. And uh, everyone's been so supportive. And I thank you for doing that, for providing that support. Such kind words. And I would encourage others to do the same. And I'll be there for you to, uh, to help you along. So, you know, challenging ourselves. I think that was my most creative thing I've done recently. And it's definitely the, um, I think the thing that's taken the most courage was was actually posting that. And so I would encourage others to do the same because it's it may seem scary, but uh, I think two or three days later, I really felt good for doing it. And it makes me think that I can maybe explore other avenues here with regard to creativity. So I'm excited about that. So I was asked, have I ever tried printmaking? 
And so I, I have a little bit, I, I haven't produced a large number of prints. So, you know, it's, it's less than 10 probably. And it was done through, I, I've done some stuff locally on my own inkjet. I've never really been happy. So if you go back to episode nine, I spoke with Sam from uh, Shoebox and he talks about uh, capturing and printing your work. And we had a really great discussion. And so I, I've gone to him to have a few um, prints done, and I'm probably going to go back to him for some more because he does a really good job of taking the artwork I've done. He takes it and, and holds on to it, basically. He scans it, and then he prints it and compares it against the original. And so, you know, two to three days later, I end up with uh, an image that he's calibrated based on his printing, and then he's able then to, to produce whatever number I need. And I really like that. I think that's a really uh, great experience. Especially if you're buying a print, you want to ensure that you're getting the best quality possible and something that's as close to that original artwork. Especially when you, you know, it's something like graphite, which can be challenging to scan or photograph uh, because of the sheen that typically exists with that. So that was my biggest concern, and Sam did a great job with that. Now, having said that, I did just recently upgrade my scanner to the Epson V600, and I wanted to do that because I. I want to be able to get better pictures of my work before posting it. And uh, so I'm really happy with, I did some tests with that. And once again, all with graphite. And I'm really happy with the results. With the software, you're able to kind of, you know, remove the color, uh, which really makes the graphite look as it was drawn. A lot of times when you're trying to scan graphite, especially on, on paper that isn't really, really white, tends to be a bit challenging. And sometimes you can convert it to black and white, which then makes it look awful. So you kind of have to go grayscale, but with this one, you can actually just tell it to remove the color and it does that, uh, which is the most pleasant experience and it's really easy. So I've been doing that with a few and uh, I'm happy with the results. So I'm not sure I'm going to print from that. I I, I may try. I I don't know. I'm not. I want to use archival ink. I want, I, I worry about inkjets because they fade. The ink fades over time. So I'll have to see. So I think when it comes to producing my prints, I want to ensure that they're the best quality uh, that they're packaged appropriately, that they're sold with a mat to help protect them. And with all of that in mind, I'm not sure that I'll produce them myself. I think I'm probably going to go to to someone like Sam and, and have him print them. Even an online shop. I may try a couple and see what they come back with, but I really want the right paper and the right experience. I mean, people aren't going to buy the same piece twice. So I want to make sure when they receive it, that it really feels like I've given it, given it to them directly, and it's as close to the original as possible. So uh, it's going to be hard to do that from uh, an inkjet and um, with some of the papers that are available and that kind of thing. So we'll see. Now, I do have a Cricut. And so a Cricut is something that um, allows you to do things like print stickers. And so I probably will do that myself and explore that a bit. I've only done a few things on the Cricut. I really haven't played with it a whole lot, but uh, that is something I'm going to, uh, to be doing. I'm going to do some show stickers and things like that. And I'll probably do that on the cricket, at least in limited uh, kind of small runs. And then we'll see what happens from there. So that's my printmaking so far. So is art part of your job? So as many of you know, the podcast and art is not my full-time job. I work as a, a software developer in health research. So I work at a hospital, a research institute, and I manage a small team of developers. And we build kind of apps, mobile apps, web apps to support researchers. Uh, their staff and patients. And so that's what I do. I've been doing that for years. And so art is a hobby. And so is the podcast. And so art is not part of my day job. 
but I've been doing, I've been designing websites for 25 years. So the graphic design component's always been there, but I don't do any art as part of my work except in doing mock-ups. And so I've been using, I have a personal iPad Pro, that's what I draw on, uh, that I actually bring to work. And sometimes I'll draw with that at lunch, but I also use it for work. I actually do my uh, my mock-ups for some of the uh, the apps that we're working on. I'll use uh, Affinity Designer, which is my preferred kind of design app if I'm uh, dealing with kind of vector graphics and things like that. If I'm just designing the looks of the screens, I'll use Affinity Designer for that. And if I need some kind of custom work, something unique that I need to be able to show the developers or or show the uh, the client, I'll use Procreate, and I can use Procreate then to create some quick images. So I do use art in that way, but that's all I do. Art is not my day job. And for me, it's it's a passion I do uh, beyond that. But that's a good question. I think, um, I, I think we assume that in some cases, people who are doing this, it is their full-time job. And for many, it is. Uh, for me, it's not. And uh, I just enjoy it. It's a passion of mine. And I'm so thankful that I'm able to do this. So uh, yeah, art is not part of my job. So the last question I had is, what's in my art kit? And so I, I assume by that, the individual meant drawing kit, because I have a separate watercolor kit, but I'm going to, I'll talk about watercolor in a future episode. But so I am using a, uh, a moleskin hardcover drawing pad. So it's, um, I think it's five by or three by five. It's not large, but it's small enough that I can just throw in my backpack. In my pencil case, I have a small canvas pencil case in there. I've got a uh, blue tack, which is kind of like, um, Silly putty, and I use that to pull off graphite. I te- I don't like to erase uh, my graphite. I like to pull it off because it erasing damages the tooth of the paper. And you know, in many cases, you end up with a piece of graphite on the erasers. You start to use it, and you forget to wipe it, and all of a sudden, it's it's worse than it's. Anyways, blue tack is way better. Uh, some people use needleable erasers. I've never used them. I tend to use blue tack, which in some cases does the same thing. Uh, needleable erasers a little bit different, but uh, along the same line. I also have a pilot uh, fountain pen with the Food A nib. I've posted stuff, uh, I've post, uh, drawn with that before. That is my preferred kind of inking pen in many cases. I'm not going to say all the time, but in many cases, that's my preferred inking pen. I use um, two kinds of clutch pencils or, or uh, graphite pencils. And so I use the Pentel Graph Gear 1000 pencil, and I have three of them. So I have one loaded with 2B lead one loaded with HB lead, and one loaded with 2H lead. And then I, I wrap a piece of um, tape around those, colored tape, to identify the difference so that I know that green is HB, and this will make more sense in a second, but um, that way I can easily look at the, the pencil and see you know what lead is in it. Now, the graph gear has a little thing that you can rotate, and you can select one of the, uh, the levels of the, uh, uh, the graphite that you're using. But I find it hard just, I want to be able to look at it and see it quickly. And you have to kind of find a little window and see what, uh, whether it's 2B or 2H or whatever the case. So I predominantly use the Graph Gear 1000 now, just in that small pad, because it's a small, you know, it's not large. And that's what I tend to draw with just because I can get the detail. Now I also have some Stadler. And so the, the Graph Gear 1000 is a 0.3 millimeter lead. So quite, quite tiny. Uh, the Stadler is a 2 millimeter lead and it's a clutch pencil. And so, the reason I went with a 0.3 millimeter, and this was a couple of years ago, is because I didn't have to bring a sharpener. Like with 0.3 millimeter, you don't have to worry about a sharpener. And you know, sharpener means shavings and shavings means mess. So the reason I was using 
the 0.3 millimeter, and I still use them, is because I don't have to deal with a sharpener. Now, since then, there is a small Stadler uh, sharpener you can get that has an eraser in one end and a sharpener in the other. It's really, really tiny, and you don't have to worry about the shavings because it's kind of contained within the little box. And so once I found that, it's like, oh, I can bring my clutch pencils again. So I've got these Stadler two millimeter clutch pencils. That's hard to say. <laughs> um, and so I use four different lens with those. So I still use 2B, HB, and 2H. So 2B being the softest, the darkest, up to 2H. I still have three of those, but I also have a 4B. And so 4B is much darker. I tend not to draw with anything darker than 4B. I know a lot of people will use 6 or 8B. I tend to never go darker than 4B and just use different layers to get the darkness. And uh, the reason I don't use the 4B in the 0.3 is I don't think I've been able to find it. I think because it's 0.3 millimeter and 4B is a much softer lead, I don't think it could exist as a 0.3 millimeter without falling or breaking. So anyways, so I've got those four clutch pencils and then I've got the other three. And so between them, I've got kind of pencils covered. I also use a Tombow uh, mono eraser. So it's a small little tiny eraser, almost like a clutch eraser. And so I think it's probably, I don't know, three millimeter uh, in diameter. And it's really helpful to kind of pull graphite off as I need it. I've also got, as I said, that sharpener that has a larger eraser on the other end to sharpen the two millimeter clutch pencils. I've also got a Kuretake uh, brush pen. And so that I really like because the brush is really stiff. And so if I really want to get a nice varied ink, I'll use that pen, that brush pen versus using the um, uh, the, the fountain pen. And uh, so I love it. I think it is my favorite brush pen. I've got another one that I'll talk about, but I think that the Kiritaki is by far the best. So I've got some Micron ink pens. I've got uh, the 05, the 005, and I've also got a uh, brush pen. So that's the other brush pen that I have. And so I use both. Uh, I prefer the kind of Kiritaki, I think, than the, uh, the Micron, but I still use the Micron brush pen as well. So I also carry a brush, like a paintbrush. And I use that for graphite to kind of, uh, if I wanted to kind of spread graphite around and be able to soften it up, it, I'll, I'll use the brush. Uh, that doesn't happen too often, but I do do that. And I also have a blending stump. So a blending stump is like a little, it looks like a little tiny marker. It's quite short and it's just a piece of, it's paper wrapped up on itself. Uh, you can use sandpaper to kind of remove the graphite as you use it, but it's really just a, a rolled up piece of uh, paper. And you use that to kind of blend your graphite. And I tend not to do that when I do the sketches. So I tend to save the blending for more finished pieces. When I'm sketching, I'm not too focused on blending. I'll, I'll use the actual uh, graphite itself as I put it down to be able to blend. And I tend not to focus too much on that. I'm trying to get the shape and the light and everything and the, the values just right. So um, I tend not to use the blending stump, but I still have it with me just in case. So that's it. That's all my stuff. And that's it for questions. And so if I have more in the future, I'll probably pack those into a single show and we'll see what happens with that. And I do appreciate the feedback. So if you do have any, just you can send me an email through the site, a message through Instagram, through Twitter. I mean, it's all available at drawinginspiration.fm. And if you have questions, I will uh, either answer it in the show or answer it messaging to you as I, uh, as I learn more about all of this and I'll share everything I can with you. So homework. Uh, you didn't think we'd get away without homework, did you? So since there was a lot of talk about drawing in this episode, um, I would ask you to do some drawing in the next couple of weeks. And so you may be painting or you may not be doing anything, but I would encourage you to just draw. And so work on shape 
work on trying to get perspective and also work on the values. And so by values, understanding what is dark, 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 like what is black in that that you're drawing and what is gray and where does white sit and trying to get that scale for what you're drawing correct. And, uh, you know, I tend to draw the, the darkest elements first. So a pupil or um, uh, a shadow where there is no uh, discernible kind of edges or, or, or detail. And I'll work back from there and then figure out something that's lighter and then work on my values. So I would recommend doing that. And once again, focus on just, it doesn't have to be the most beautiful, beautiful composition. I mean, I don't know how many times I've drawn my legs or my feet because they follow me everywhere when I'm sitting down or uh, I've got my feet up, they're staring right at me. So I tend to draw them a lot. It could be something as simple as that. It could be um, your partner, your spouse, your kids sitting on the other uh, couch or whatever the case. But I would just, it, it doesn't have to be a huge composition and I've got a plan for it. Just, you know, have it in your lap, have it on the coffee table and pull it out and just start drawing something and just get that practice in over the next few weeks. And uh, you'll notice if you spend a little bit more time on it, you will feel that difference. And I, I do now, like the time I spent in October and all the time I'm spending now trying to draw every day, I really feel like I'm better uh, at drawing. And I, I, you know, I don't think I'm fantastic, but I think I'm, I, I can feel that I'm better. I can feel that I get things more right than not, and I can get things more right the first time, and I don't erase as much. So I feel like that means something. Maybe I'm <laughs> my view of the world is becoming what I'm drawing. I don't know. But I do feel like it's made a difference, a huge difference to the point that I'm actually committing time to do it on a regular basis. And I would also challenge you to look at things that have odd lighting or odd fur, where there's a mix of different types of fur or skin or some kind of weird texture and try and replicate that with graphite uh, or charcoal. Well, let's, let's bring in charcoal there as well if you've got charcoal pencils. But trying to work on these textures and trying to, to figure out Where's the light hitting? Where's the shadow? How do I do negative drawing? And by that, I mean where you're, you're drawing where the light isn't to expose something that may be white. So you may have a piece of, uh, of canvas and you need to show those threads by uh, drawing in the shadows that are cast versus the actual pieces of uh, fiber. So something like that and drawing this negative space may be something that uh, you want to explore as well. And it could be just that you decide to put a, uh, an apple on a table and light it with a strong light, being able to push out a really nice shadow, and that's what you end up drawing as well. So just sit down, draw something, and uh, spend some time doing that. Do it on a regular basis. If you're at work, draw something on your desk, and just have that experience, because I think it, regardless of what you're doing, being able to draw is going to make you a better artist. And I do think that it, especially with pencil, if you're looking at life in black and white, um, and all the grays in between, you're going to get a sense of, you're, you're going to start to notice the light and the texture, and, and it's going to maybe frustrate you a bit, but I think it'll make you a better artist, and I would encourage you to try it. So the show notes, including the links to everything I mentioned, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm slash 19. You can find links to all my social media accounts at drawinginspiration.fm, including my Instagram, which is Mike underscore Handley, where I post all my art. Follow me or tag me so I can see what you've created especially those beautiful drawing pieces that you're going to do. And until next time, be kind to one another and keep drawing. 